Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Parts Now Known. I am joined, as always, by Ben here. And today is the last episode of season one. It's on the Congo. Um, so there's eight episodes in, in the first season, and this was uh, the eighth one. Pretty much this episode is basically just about Bourdain really going up the mainly like the river. If you've ever seen Apocalypse Now, um, that's the movie's based on this book by Joseph Conrad called Heart of Darkness. Um, and apparently, like Bourdain, up to this actual trip, he'd been trying to do this episode for like years, like maybe almost a decade. And basically, it would always be on the schedule because I was listening to uh, when he was on Rogan, like mm-hmm. way back in the day. Um, and he was talking about it, and he's like, Every year it's on the schedule and every year we get told we can't do it because there's just, there's no travel advisory because there's too much violence. Like nobody knows what's going on. So this is like another thing that he got to do once he switched over to CNN, they must've had some poll. And then they also had the, that guy that was already there shooting a documentary about like all the different uh, tribes and stuff kind of in the area. The, is that the David guy? Uh, yeah. The kind of white guy kind of goatee look like all right so i thought he'd look like post malone and chris cornell had a love child yeah minus the face tats yeah no face tats but yeah, like yeah, the yeah. way especially after watching that rogan where they're like post malone's like high on mushrooms i felt like that guy had some uh like high on mushrooms like body movements i don't know look keep yeah, talking I mean, about def- the history of the episode like, i'm just going off the wall already no but i mean yeah he's definitely I don't know, adjusted by some sort of substance. I yeah, feel like. Yeah. But like the probably the shit that he's seen too, like you kinda have to be. Yeah. That's why he's drinking red label. Like, like Johnny Walker red label at like eight AM. <laughs> yeah. Like they're making spam breakfast sandwiches and dude just chucks like three shots. Yeah, he's I was like, got, All right. Like yeah. massive PTSD from like reporting on like shit in the Congo and it's like, Oh, I just saw someone get their head chopped off. Yeah. Just he's to, probably got an amoeba, you know, messing with his brain a little bit. Maybe. I yeah. Don't know. Um, did you ever see that movie? This is already an aside, but there's like, uh, it's like Ryan Phillippe and I think Taylor. I already go ahead and tell you. No, no, no like I don't they, know. I don't know. Maybe they're like maybe. war. I don't remember the name of it, but they're like war photographers and it's supposed to be, I think during like maybe like the Gulf war and they're like photojournalists. So they're like, it sounds embedded. like an awful movie so far. It's not that bad. Ooh, it's not, it's not great, but like, I mean, I watched this years ago, but yeah. it, it's okay. Okay. All right. But, All right. So I just imagine him being kind of like that. I guess I'd have to see it. Yeah. yeah. But they're just kind of like mentally tormented. Yeah, because you just see like a lot of messed up shit. You can't really do anything about it because you're supposed to be just. Yeah. That's kind of the theme of the photographing episode. Photographing it and like, you know. It's like this place is so far gone. Like, where do you even start to make things better? Yeah. I mean, it looks like hopeless in a way. Even at the level of those guys catching fish in the river, like they're not catching the fish they used to catch. Like, even yeah. at that level. No, from that point. But, like, there's also... It's weird because you're like, man, if somebody would just come here and, like, <laughs> dump a bunch of money into it. Like yeah. You could, but, like, you could also say that about any city. Like, you could dump... You know, if you came here with a billion dollars, you could make it really cool. It's like, yeah. yeah. You could do that in any city. Just pick one. So... Yeah. To be fair, you know, Belgium did try that. Their method was a little <laughs> unorthodox, let's say. You know, the whole, uh, uh, cutting off of hands and 
Yeah, a little extreme. A little. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, so the episode, it really kind of starts at the end because it's like the first opening clip, I think it's before the credits, it's basically them actually getting ready to leave the country. And you don't really figure that out to the very end of the episode. So I guess that's somewhat of a spoiler alert if you haven't watched it. But because um, he's basically like, they're already done with the trip and everything. And they're just kind of trying to get out. And it's like everybody's got to be paid something like to get anywhere, you know. Um, luckily, like, I mean, I don't think it costs too much, like in terms of exchange rate to like, you know, I don't, I don't even know what their currency is there. But like it probably costs you like a buck. Like U.S. Yeah. buck, and like you'd be able to go, you know, yeah, get through whatever checkpoint. But yeah, he, <laughs> he basically goes through the dog bark in the background. Can't get that one out of there. Um, he basically kind of goes through like the history, and they start off in Rwanda, um, but which has had its own problems with their genocide. It was the Tutsis and the Hooties? I only knew the first one. I think it's I apologize. Them. No, I think it's that. As if it's the eighth, of, eighth or ninth episode by now, you should know that I don't do a lot of research. No, I only know that because of the there was that Don Cheeto movie, like Hotel Rwanda yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then I think there, you know, that was a big deal for a while when they had like the genocide going on. Um But yeah, they start off in Rwanda and it's like this. I mean, it's not like a Western country, but it's there's infrastructure. There's like kind of all this stuff. Yeah, and then he mentions they have internet. Yeah, and then you as know. soon as they get across the the border, um, which I think they're going to, uh, yeah, as soon as they get across the border, like from Rwanda into, I believe it's just Congo. Um, it's just all of a sudden like there's nothing. Like it's completely different. There's like the roads are covered in lava because of there's an active volcano nearby. So like, I guess they said the street level increased 12 feet in two years due to lava. So like they don't even bother repaving it or anything like that because it's just, so it's like you're off-roading through like the downtown streets and stuff. Uh, Mount Giragongo is the name of the, uh, the volcano, I guess. And then there's, uh, it's Goma that they're actually in. I guess there's like a million people in Goma, um, and they have IDPs, which are internally displaced people, that are pretty much hanging out in Goma too as well. It just, it's just like a country that's just, you know, like somebody came in, took the natural resources, and just left everything kind of, like there's nothing there. There's no, like, hope. It really didn't seem like either. No. It's just... Like, you, you look at it, and you just go, like, especially... They don't show much of Rwanda going over, but they make the point to kind of say, like, as soon as we cross this border, things get really, really bad. And not, yeah. like, really bad is, like, it's not like there's currently a lot of violence at that time. But then they also go into, like, they sit down and they have dinner at that yeah. place. Dan, uh, the journalist who's kind of, and then Hareb, who's, like, their Congolese fixer. Yeah. That's who Bourdain's with. And then, yeah, so Dan's the guy he's doing, I guess he's been working on a documentary or at the time was, I don't know if it ever got completed. I didn't bother looking that up. I probably should have, uh, but I don't, I don't even have his, like his last, I guess Dan Congo documentary. I could yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah, he goes into just like all the tribes and like, they pull up a map 
they put up like a map on the screen and they're just talking about like the M23 invaded Goma. It's the M23, I guess, is like a rebel group of Tutsis from Rwanda. And they were still kind of hanging out around outside the city, still just a few miles. But then he just starts running through them and it's FDLR, that one's Hutu backed, which is the other group that was in conflict with the Tutsis during the Rwanda genocide, civil war. I don't, I don't know exactly what you would call it. The Mai Mai, that's a local militia group. There's APCLS, Cheka, FRPI. And I guess the FRPI was big in like controlling resources that were in the area. Moto Moki, they're like the group that has a problem with the FDLR. And then there's like a bunch of other different groups just floating around. And then they made the point like, and all that information is outdated as we're telling you this. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's just not good. All these, it's super confusing. Yeah, it's all these like little militia groups just trying to grab like whatever piece of land that they can that would either be valuable or that they could somehow make money off of through extortion or robbery or whatever. Um, and then they're just constantly popping up, moving around, shifting, merging some like it's basically the Mexican cartels, but like just like on steroids, like just breaking off, like stuff changes like week to week or like it's a pretty big deal. And like, you kind of hear about it eventually on a news report. If there's like a new drug cartel in Mexico, like that, like one splits off or something like that. But, and yeah, so that's like kind of the crazy part is just like, there's just so much conflict. Like you can't report on it. I mean, they say like, you can't do a three minute media report on this. It just doesn't work. Like you're not going to get the full emphasis of what's going on. Um, and then they kind of go into, they kind of they have to fly to where they're going to start essentially the river trip so there's like no roads are safe to drive there i guess just because of all the different militia and all that stuff so they take queen elizabeth's like luggage plane and they fly uh and they fly to kissing kissingani i think is the name of the city but they're like yeah and there's like a lightning storm going on and they're just like, yeah, most plane crashes are in the Congo are because of the weather. Um, because I guess it's just, it's... can we talk about the, the plane? I feel like we need to discuss that yeah. for a second. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you can imagine what I feel like when I looked at it, it was like, Oh, that's the kind of how I would draw a plane when I was like eight, because yeah. it's this big, huge box in the middle and then, with these yeah. little wings. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just like, this is not, that's not what I want to fly. So I was actually going to ask you like how scared would like, I'm not scared to fly. You're not scared to fly. No, but like what would, how scared would you have been to fly on that? Cause I would have been a little, little hesitant. I would have been more worried about like the gigantic lightning storm. That's just hanging out or like, yeah, we should be good to fly now. Yeah. It's like, well, where did that storm go? Yeah. Like it just disappears. Like, yeah. you know, cause you don't have, there's like no weather app or something that you probably pull up, but um, the plane itself, it didn't look, I mean, it kind of looked like on the inside, almost like one of our, one of like the U.S.'s kind of military cargo yeah. planes in a way. Yeah. It's just a weird shaped it's, plane. Yeah. It's very strange. I don't know why it would be shaped that way. I don't know what the logic was. Cause I mean, I, they said it was like used for her luggage back when she was traveling. Like, I mean, this would have been, 
the seventies. I mean, I don't know how long it might even been a little bit before that. Um, when she was going around doing all the, I think it would have been like post world war two, but like somewhere in probably around the seventies in between there when she was doing all her diplomatic trips. Cause she went to like, she went to like, I think Kenya and stuff too. So I'm sure it was on kind of that same trip. Probably where they got, it's probably actually the plane that they got where they got it from was her last like African trip. I would imagine. Yeah. She just like left it. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> ah, we don't need to fly this yeah. back. We'll just build a new one. Um, so yeah, they go to Kisangangi, uh, is where they kind of start. And then it's also called Stanleyville. It's the second largest city in the Congo. Um, where they're trying to go is this place called the inner station. Uh, I guess is kind of what it's called in the Heart of Darkness book, which I've never read. I've seen Apocalypse Now. I mean, it it's okay. I'm not super big on it. I know some people really like love that movie and think it's one of the top ten films like ever made. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's good, but it's I, fine. Would, I would. I think I think people like the story of how it's made because like they filmed a bunch of it then they stopped then he like rewrote like the whole movie i think was filmed over like seven or nine years it's a long it's some crazy period yeah he started it stopped it because they they ran out of like money or something then like he rewrote the whole thing they like reshot it then they had to stop again because i think a weather started again yeah because it's like i think like sheen was like filming for i want to say like four years on the thing, which is like unheard of. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like Brando got fat and like just, they were pissed about that. That's why they had to shoot it the way they did. Yeah. Because he just got really out of shape and then all to be a special forces soldier and apparently he showed up and that's why he's wearing like a schmock. Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, cause he's supposed to be a general or whatever or uh, Colonel Colonel. Yeah. Colonel Kurtz. Yeah. Um, but then also I think like he kind And not of, only a colonel in the special like like the, a badass special forces colonel yeah. who wouldn't get fat. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that guy doesn't get fat. Because he's, he's just, like disciplined and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. He's a hard ass. Like they said he went to like I don't know if they still call it a Q Corps or whatever, the Special Force selection when he was or airborne school when he was like thirty five or forty. Something crazy like that in the movie. Yeah. So it's just like that guy doesn't get fat. You know? No. But yeah. anyway, Congo, man. And then know? I think well, I think also like he went off script for like most of his lines. Yeah. So that's why he's only at like the end and like they cut it down pretty far, I think too. Cause I think he was just, he was just doing whatever he wanted. Kind of. Yeah. And I was like, that's not in there. That's not yeah, what Cause he sounds like he's on like some really serious drugs. Cause he's like talking about like a snail on the edge of a razor blade. Like it's just some weird shit. Yeah, it gets really strange. I think it's on one of the streaming services right now. I feel like it's on HBO Max. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, um, so yeah, so they're in Stanleyville. Um, and then basically they get into all the messed up stuff that uh, that happened in terms of like, it's what, the Belgians, right? Yes. Yeah. Which we don't really hear a lot about them as far as pillaging goes you know it's like no especially in africa you know it's the french the dutch 
Well, they had like the English. They had a king too at one point. I mean, I guess most of the European countries had a king. Like yeah, they for just. Sure. I mean, the former king of Spain is still alive. Yeah. What about Germany? Do they do? Uh, see, this is where I need like more history, um, history knowledge. I mean, Germany, like after World War Two. Yeah, but I just meant like earlier colonization, like as much oh, as as you um, know, like England and France did. No, nah, I mean, I don't think they really popped up until like the 1900s, really, is when they kind of became a big deal and started the wars yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but before that, no, nah, I mean, it was like, because they were, it was always like empire to empire. Kind of mm-hmm. before that, like the Romans had it, like Alan's, Alexander the Great had the territory. I think the Ottoman Empire, I mean, that's going like way back, obviously, but yeah, all that shit. Um, but yeah, they just go through like all the atrocities, like basically. They came, like, so this explorer came through and basically he met with um, the king, like, the local tribe's king. It was mm-hmm. kind of, at the time, it was a big tribe, like, over the whole area, and, like, that was, you know, their king. Met with them. The king let him pass, and then he made his way, like, all the way down the river to the Atlantic Ocean, basically mapping out how they could invade this territory for the resources and then so he was acting on behalf, the Stanley guy was acting on behalf of uh, King Leopold, I guess. He was like uh, anointed or apprenticed or whatever the you want to call it. So that's why it was all like legal. Um, and then once he kind of figures out the route and all that stuff, um, they basically come back and like rubber was a big commodity that they were like shipping up and down the river. I think lumber too, as well. They enslaved most of the population too, as well. Um, and then like, if you didn't meet your quota, they would chop off your hands or hang you or kill your family members or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they built it into kind of like their own. Didn't they say that 10 million people in two years? <sighs> that's what I, that's what I remember. Yeah. Saying, I think it's somewhere. just an, insane yeah, number of people. 20 years yeah okay. 10 million congolese died in 20 years due to it was half the country's population at the time basically that died yeah. from starvation and or them killing them yeah um and basically like stanley jump-started kind of the colonial colonization period um congo was claimed by king leopold as personal property uh like i said using stanley as administrator uh, they whipped, killed, defeated meat production quotas, hands cut off. Um, and then I guess in the 50s, the Belgian government kind of took over and created a modern infrastructure. So it basically almost became like their like vacation spot kind of thing. It's like, the vibe but, I got. Yeah, because yeah. a couple of the pictures, there was tons of white people in them. Yeah, it was like that's you know, where so people obviously go, people like, from Belgium coming in and like on holiday. It's like, oh, you're by the river and like all this stuff kind of yeah, thing. Running businesses, doing the whole thing. Yeah, and... Um, so it's like they talk about you know, there's an apartheid system. Um, the Boer Quo Pa, which was the luxury hotel that apparently Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn stayed at while they were filming uh, the African Queen movie. Um, but yeah, they basically said European vacation spot on the river. But now, like, uh, there's you know not much electricity in the city. No tourists come there anymore due to all the wars. Um, because then they talk about like the the guys fishing in the river and the baskets and stuff, yeah. Which is basically these giant baskets that they, it's not bamboo, but it's like some sort of like vines, vines yeah. plant like that, and they just kind of weave all this stuff and throw it in the middle of the river, and it's supposed to 
basically like catch the fish as they run almost like salmon fishing kind of in a way but like it's all been fished out there's not enough fish the fish that they do get are really small yeah and one thing that was really impressive was like I don't know if they were just showing off for the cameras, but probably a little. Yeah. But they were like flipping into the water and then like climbing on like the climbing onto the basket, you know, they have to do, but they have to like go and then like have like a new vine and like hook it up the right way. So they're like climbing, they swimming through the river. Yeah. That's like raging. And then they climb onto this basket and like hand it to another guy. And it's, I mean, it's pretty cool to watch, especially when you consider that like for whatever reason, they don't really get into the reason why maybe it's overfishing or maybe there's other reasons, but there's just no I fish th- anymore. I think it's overfishing from, you know, just in general. Yeah. And they don't run as much anymore. And that's kind of like one of those things where you, like, when then you sit there and you think about it and you're like, man, like, if somebody could just dump some fish. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because, I mean, you can totally do that with, like, you can farm raise fish because I guess they're pretty instinctual and, like, they'll still kind of run, like, if they're from, the fish from, like, that area if you farm raise them off of that because they've done that with like salmon where like they'll take salmon they'll farm raise them but like whatever kind of salmon they're from like they're from the alaska area so they'll still run if you release them back into the wild i guess because they're just one track mind instinctual so you're you just see that and you're like oh yeah if somebody could do kind of that like then they might be able to you know have more fish and all this stuff um but yeah, there's not much electricity in the city. I guess the, so as we mentioned kind of in like the, uh, would have been like the Libya episode, uh, the CIA and the British, uh, we basically had their first democratic leader that they elected, uh, killed. So we could have Joseph, Joseph Mabuntu, uh, installed as the leader. And then that guy decided to be corrupt and kept all the money for himself from all the exports of whatever resources and stuff. And then the country just tanked from there. Government didn't pay its bills because he was just keeping all the money for himself. Everything goes downhill. That leads to civil war. And now you have just this decimated area where it's like people work and try and get like five bucks a day. And apparently the big thing is like getting soap. And then like they break it down. Cause it's like, if you get seven bucks a day for like work, you'll buy the first thing you buy is soap. Then you try and buy like a shirt or something for a buck. Cause like they want to look, it's a big thing of like presentation, I guess. For yeah. Like, like personal pride in your appearance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you worry about getting like food. Cause it's, it's like the mantra is just like, yeah, tomorrow's another day. Like I'll figure it out tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah, it's not what I've got. What I would have gone with, like, or what you think of when you're thinking of like someone like trying to survive. Like, you don't think of clothes as being the number one. So that was interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, and um, so they're going through, and then he meets up. Bourdain meets up with Christian, who's kind of like the um, their fixer, another fixer that they have, kind of on the other side. And they do, uh, they go to like this Congolese barbecue place where it's like grilled goat and stuff. Um, I guess meat's expensive. It's like two bucks a day. And that's most people, um, it's more than like what they would make in like two days. So like meat's like a really big deal if like you're buying meat there. Um, And then from there, uh, they go to that train station, which is a pretty cool scene. Like, they basically had this giant rail network that the Belgians built 
And once the government stopped paying their bills, uh, it kind of just deteriorated. And now they only have like one train that runs a little bit. But I guess that train used to get all the way to like South Africa. Yeah, that was really kind of sad. Um, but also, it was kind of uplifting in a way too. Like when you realize that, and they make the point that all those people that are working there aren't even getting paid. It's like they just want yeah. it to run again. That's all they care about. It gives them something to do. Like, yeah. I guess there's like 200 people that like are technically employed by the, I, I, the government train authority, whatever you want to call it. But like, yeah, nobody really gets paid apparently. And they don't like, they write letters for funding that like never comes, which is a giant theme. Um, and it's just, it's, you know, it's another like aspect of the country. You see it and you're like, man, if somebody could just like, just float them some money and some like actual tools and like some resources. Like they could have a legit like train that runs to South Africa again. If like, right. You know, which is crazy Cause like you would think, and it's probably a reason why that things are so bad, but it's like, if you don't have a railway in and out of there, you can't trade effectively. But I also don't think they have anything to trade. Like it's just, they've already, they've already taken all the resources. Out I, of there. That's my, that's kind of the vibe you get. That's why they left, right? That's why, yeah, partially why the Belgians left too. Um, you know, that and like the revolution because like everybody was tired of being oppressed and stuff, and they had a, a little revolution. But yeah, there's, I, it's just like, what do you do when you're in the middle of a jungle and like there's no real resources that the rest of the world wants for you to trade or sell or anything? Like, I mean, they're basic. They're basically like they were you know, a Western country. And then like they were, if you think about it kind of, and it's an oversimplification, but like you're in the stone ages and you're living off the land and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like you get this taste of like the Western world and electricity and refrigeration and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, poof, it goes away. And now it's like, what do we do? Like nobody knows how to get back there. Yeah. Kind of thing, which is pretty sad. And it's like, you know, you're like, damn, Jeff Bezos, like, just airdrop some cash in there yeah. or something, you know? But um, they also, the, the other thing that was crazy was that one, I don't know if this is just something they say or if it's a real stat, uh, but that one Congolese person died for every railroad tie on yeah, that railroad. I don't know yeah, I don't know. That I was, mean, that's probably fairly accurate, I got to imagine, based on just, like, the U.S. railroads being built. Yeah. And how many people died. I mean, that was all essentially slave labor. It's a lot of railroad ties though. For what them or us for, well for both, but yeah. I mean, there's too. I mean, that's this, that country's yeah. the size of Western Europe. So just yeah. think how long that railroad's got to be to get to South Africa. Yeah. That's, I don't know. So that's staggering. Even if it's, yeah, no, I, I get what you're one saying. One person yeah. for every two railroad ties. That's still like an insane number. It's crazy too. Cause it's like, if they just had a rail network, like I'm sure that would improve their country's like outlook and everybody's outlook like immensely. And like here in America, we don't really use our rail network much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like we were talking about, like, I don't, you know, we don't, it's not have, for travel. Yeah. We don't even have like an Amtrak station here, you know, which is, no. we were talking about on a previous podcast. So it's all like supply rail and stuff. That stuff's get moved by rail in America. So, um, and that's kind of like the first half of the episode. Just to, just for context, um, there are 3,250 ties per mile 
So I don't know how long that railroad was, but um, if it's 100 miles, that's... What would it be? It'd be... 32,000 right there. 32,500. Stanleyville to South Africa Railroad. I'll look this up. Research. Uh, Cape to Cairo Railway Project. That's like Zimbabwe, though. Um, we'll post it in the show notes underneath the... Uh, <laughs> well, I might have found something here. There's like a... Ma- yeah, if you go on Wikipedia... Rail transport in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Like, it's got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and that's Phoebe again. Uh, she's very angry today. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different numbers floating around here, but I don't know if anything says, like running all the way to South Africa. Probably have to do more in-depth research on that. Um, uh, and then, let's see. So then they like kind of start their trip finally. So like the first half of the episode is like all history based on the Congo and like all the shit that went down. Yeah. And then the second half is like the adventure point of like them actually being on the river. Um, they don't go all the way to the Atlantic because I guess they couldn't get enough supplies is pretty much what I gathered from it because like they're it's just too far and they rented like this old kind of shitty boat super but, shitty you but it's say it, like yeah. but it's kind of like the nicest boat in yes, the area too, too. as well yeah. there were lights on it you know like that's cool uh they wind up having to stop and like meet with the king of the tribe or I think he's like the new king maybe um or since like same I, my impression was the same tribe that like stanley met with but it's not the same like king it's like a descendant i think of him like yeah or descendant or something uh they give him a goat like a little baby goat and then he gives bourdain like a bracelet that's from um like way back in the day apparently yeah because he the other guy received it in 1935 i think so but i think it's older than that even that's what I, yeah because they brought it and it was pretty funny. Like Bourdain's like, "Oh, like where'd you get your bracelet?" And they're like, "I got it. Uh, I got all. it from a king." In the, yeah, and he's like, "I got it from a king in, in the Congo." Congo. Yeah. Like, no big deal. <laughs> so then they start going down this river, um, and it look. I mean, it looks, you know, fine. Like there's not much going on, and they're just kind of hanging out for a while. And then Bourdain starts to put like dinner together, which it looks like he's starting at like three p.m. Yeah. Give or take. Which also might have been like a slight underestimation yeah, yeah, I think from like him. There were some things that he probably would have planned differently. <laughs> yeah, seen there, there seemed to be like a little so bit of So this is where, planning. and I think this like gets into kind of the theme for like at least Apocalypse Now. I also have not read Heart of Darkness, but essentially it's about going into a, a place and kind of, you know, losing your mind, right? Yeah, because it's just the it's an un, unforgiving, unrelenting environment, and, and that's, that's also what, unknown. Yeah, and that's what know. Congo is. Yeah. And um, he's so he's on. The, sorry, my mic just fell. Um, they're getting yeah. They start plucking first. They have to kill these chickens, and there's just they're using like essentially like that plastic steak knife you get in your first like cutlery set. 
and um, <laughs> this mic is going all over the place. Yeah, I know. I gotta fix. I gotta fix. We have a a little bit of a mic stand issue. It it, it doesn't matter how hard you tighten that thing; it's still gonna fall. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they're like they're bleeding out these chickens. They're plucking them and washing in the river, and they're not even good chickens to begin with. No, he says like they're scraggly. Yeah, like they're clearly like just really underfed. Yeah, chickens, which makes sense. Um, so anyways, they're making this meal and he's like still a chef and we, sometimes we forget that part that he can actually really cook Yeah, and he's putting it together and then the lights go, like it's getting dark. The lights are on, they're off. He's getting really pissed off, which I've been there. Like you're hungry. (laughs) It's been a long fucking day. You're hot. It's gotta be human as fuck. And he's just pissed off and he's like kind of yelling at people, but then he's also like trying to hold it back because he's like, it's nobody's fault. We're just all pissed off and want to eat. And he's like, we're not going to fucking eat. If this doesn't happen or this doesn't happen. So anyways, they finally get it done. But the, my favorite part was like these moths that were there. Yeah. And apparently if you kill one, what is what happens? Um, There's like poisonous or something, right? Basically like, yeah, whatever kind of like moth or bug is like, if you like hit it while it's like landed on you or something, like it'll basically like whatever bacteria disease whatever they have like it's not poison you won't die but like you'll like swell up yeah like almost have an allergic reaction to it just because your body's and if you've never been exposed to it whatsoever and if you see the environment like obviously you can imagine you're in the middle of a jungle there's no light anywhere you turn lights on like the amount of bugs that you can imagine coming into the boat like that's how many bugs were in there it's it's and so when he's saying that and like i don't know about you but if bugs around me i'm constantly swatting or trying to. Yeah. So I, I would have had to stop myself. I would have been in real trouble. I don't want to go to Congo. I'm sorry if I stepped on that. But <laughs> that was kind of the point where I was like, I don't know. I don't think I want to be here. Yeah. So like it's it's funny because, yeah, the first half of the episode is like basically like the history of the Congo because nobody really knows like anything about it. Like that's not something any of us, especially in any Western countries, really like learn. And then once they start getting into the trip, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, look at the river. Like it's really cool. You're on this boat trip. And then like shit gets real. Like it's like yeah. the, the switch gets flipped. And so when they're also like when they're doing the chickens, like they make anybody who's going to eat dinner. So like the camera crew, like anybody, like they all have to kill their own chicken. So they're sitting there with a pocket knife, a scraggly chicken. They put it in, like, they cut off, like, almost like a two-liter Pepsi bottle. And, like, they stick its head in there. And then they cut off the head because they're trying to drain whatever blood they can out so they can use it, like, in the sauce, I think, later. Um, And then they have to defeather all of them by hand, like, while the boat's moving. So, like, you're dipping it in the water but you're trying not to make sure that you have a good enough grip so you don't lose it in like as you're going through the yeah. water and stuff. So it takes them forever to defeather them. And then like Bourdain's got the only, like there's one chef's knife apparently on board. It's dull. So he can't cut through the burrs. They're just too tough. He starts using a machete, I think at one point. Yeah. And, and it's can, half in the dark, half not, because the lights, the keep, lights going keep going out. in and out, like you said. And like now there's like bugs and stuff too. And you can tell, like, he, it feels like somebody dropped the ball on like they should have gotten a knife. Like, it feels like that got outsourced to somebody on the production crew and they're like, oh, my bad. And so he tolerates it for long enough, but then 
it seems like the cam like the camera or the producer who's with him or whatever is kind of like chirping for a little bit and he's like look man do you want to fucking eat or not because like we need to get this shit done it's like eight o'clock at night we still got to cook this fucking thing for like, like three hours like i'm not nowhere close to being done like put the fucking camera down and help so like we can speed up the process is like he just kind of starts losing it a little bit and you can't blame him because like the camera you know the camera guys the whole time is like just trying to get the shot like trying to get this cool what about this angle yeah Bourdain's probably like would you fucking knock it off we got it who cares like let's try and like yeah. figure out how we're gonna eat um so that's like a pretty funny scene to like just watch and just it really reinforces just how like miserable that trip could be can i say something though properly because the next morning right the next mm-hmm. morning they wake up they got all this bread they've got spam and they've got eggs what are they doing killing chickens and making this stew? The Eat only, the spam and eggs. The only assumption I could come up with was that they only had, like, they, the way they supplied it out was, like, specifically for each meal. Yeah. So if they would have done that, then they wouldn't have had, like... Breakfast the next morning. I guess. Would, yeah. That was the logic that I came away with. I'm not sure. I just, I just wonder the whole thing with the chickens. Yeah, like, it is a little bizarre to like think of it that like that's what we're gonna do. But maybe did they like did they bring? But the- then again, it's not like the, the crazy thing that I probably have to remind myself of is like it's not like there's a supermarket where you can just buy spam. Well, that's what I'm trying to yeah. like. Did they bring the spam in their backpacks across from Rwanda? And it's like that's what they had left, and and like and that's all like that's they carried whatever they could and tried to not use as much as they could. But like when you get down to it, like this is what we got, like we got to figure out another meal or two. Like, how are we going to do this? Like, Oh, well you can buy a chicken for really cheap. It's like, yeah, well it's mostly bones and feathers. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, they kind of, yeah. So they do the spam and eggs and stuff. Um, cause they couldn't boat at night. So they had to like tie off. And I have, I have something for that. And the dude just, they're like, ah, there could be crocodiles. And the dude's just like swimming to shore with a rope to tie it around a tree. I was going to ask you, I actually wrote this down while taking notes. Like how much would I have to pay you to jump over there and tie that to the, to the tree at night in the Congo, with like a little spotlight leading the way. Uh, It's a, it's a large number of money. It's a large number. It's a large number. I don't know what that number is off the top of my head. Like just to jump in the river in the Congo, I've got a pretty hefty price. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying it's like the Amazon where the thing's going to crawl up your dick and do weird stuff to you, but it's not good. Like the water never looked nice. You know, it's always like Brown and like gross looking, but that's most rivers. Like that's the sneaky thing. Like people get this like, Thing in their head like all rivers are just crystal clear and blue and it's well, like they're no. not crystal clear but they're clearer than that right i mean yeah i mean have you you've never been to pittsburgh though have you uh, well that probably has like years of pollution in it that's different right i mean this is just different types of pollution i guess i don't know i don't, I don't know i'm just saying my, I, it's a high number for me that guy was ballsy like, it's brown because of all the runoff from like the rainy season yeah so it all just and it's like you get the silt and all that stuff in the water and that's right brown but tell us about pittsburgh what's going on there you want to trash a whole city let's do it (laughs) no i don't i don't don't have enough but like their river is like when we went there a couple years ago like their river is very brown yeah and it's the same kind of deal it's like all the runoff from the farms and stuff upstate and all kind of flows down and but like there's people like boating and swimming and it's like 
don't think I'm swimming. Like, I think it's different if you grow grow up like in the area or in the city or yeah. for a long time, and you're like, yeah, we're going on the river today. We're gonna go swimming, yada yada yada. But like, if you're recent or just visiting, you're like, what the fuck are you swimming in that water for? Like, you're gonna get cancer. Like, yeah. I I, I just I wouldn't. Well, that's like a few weeks ago. I saw like a video of some girl like jumping in the Hudson River, and everybody's like. Uh, what are you doing? Like she was like, that's you don't do that. Like nobody swims in that. That's disgusting. Yeah, there's a plane in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, more than planes. There's probably enough passengers for the plane too. Like located in that haven't river. They you know had, what I mean? like, Talking about dead people. Haven't they had like crocodiles or alligators swim up through there? Oh, I don't know. There's crocodiles in New York. I feel like I've heard. I feel like I've heard that where it's like. I don't believe you. Well, maybe it's not crocodiles, but like alligators, like they're like living in the sewer. No, 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 but like because they're freshwater. Exactly, teenage mutant ninja turtles. No, but they like live in the freshwater, and can't they make it all the way up? Yes, there? they can't. Like I know, yeah. Gator, yeah, gators do that. I just don't think they do that in New York. That's my thing. I don't think they're up there. I don't know. It's a big body of water. I mean, I wasn't talking about the sewer system, but okay. That's so, even I mean, that's that worse. So I was, I was making then. jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's like they're native to that area, or like some guy, like an I exotic pet migrate, guy. Yeah. You know, it's exotic pet. It's cocaine. It's let's pr- be probably honest. Mostly exotic. Pet you can guy. track all weird shit like that back to cocaine. You give people enough cocaine, they're put, they're flushing alligators down the toilet. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's a story as old as time. It, yeah. The guy had an alligator and cocaine, and like the police yeah. come knocking, and it's like. Where do we, what alligator do we do with the gator? cocaine. Yeah. Down, down exactly. the drain. Like whatever. Then you got a coked up alligator down there just raising hell. Hopefully killing a lot of rats. I still think, I don't think it's killing enough rats. No, you could never kill enough rats. Rats are mean. Rats are not good. I would, I bet there's probably some rats in the Congo. What do you think the size of those rats are? Judging by the chickens, they're probably kind of malnourished rats. You think? Yeah. But I bet they're scrappy. Like if you took a Congolese rat and you fought with like a New York City rat, I think he's fucking that rat up. Like the New York City rat's oh, gonna be I too fat, to, yeah. and he's gonna like you know eat pizza. Yeah, his like dicks dragging <laughs> the ground. Like he's just very unhealthy. Um, pizza and the rat. yeah, pizza rat versus Congolese. Rat. Yeah, the Congolese rat's fucking him up. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't know what number that would be. To swim in that river to go tie off that boat at like 2 a.m. Um, it's thousands and it's cash too. Like, I'm not, I'm yeah, taking no check, no direct deposit on that, no Venmo. I want it now. It's a bag of cash, yeah, maybe a blood diamond. I'd do it for a blood diamond. Is that insensitive? They don't have those anymore. Oh, that's right. We got rid of that, right? Yeah, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, all diamonds are now. Yeah, like, look at our pamphlet. Nobody got hurt while this diamond. Yeah, let's trace that back. Is that real? To the vault in London. Yeah, sorry. I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a cynic, you know. Did you like that movie? Blood Diamond? Yeah. I love Leo's accent. <laughs> that was an okay movie. It's actually kind of long. A little slow. Yeah. I'm going to try and rewatch it. What country was that? Sierra Leone. Okay. That's why Kanye had that song about it. That's right. Where is that in relation to Congo? Do we know? North. North. Okay. I don't know just if curious. it's east or west. Well, no, it's, it's like north. the vastness of Africa gets covered in this a little bit, but it's like when one country is the size of Western Europe, you know, like that puts things into perspective, just how big Africa yeah. is. We don't like part of the reason we don't know anything about 
I shouldn't say we don't know anything about Africa, but we don't know enough about Africa. It's just we don't have any real relationship with... Because it goes down to basically, like, America can't exploit. <laughs> There's no resources for us to exploit, essentially. Right? Like, I mean... Well, there is, because that's why the Chinese are moving and now building these roads... Well, there's mines, yeah. Yeah. But we, I don't think we do mining anymore, right? Well, no, it's for uh, something to build batteries, I think, is where is oh, why they're doing that. Yeah, like out. So there is stuff we could use. And like all yeah, stuff. but the Chinese are doing the, the age-old thing of like, hey, we're going to come in. We're going to help you out. Everybody gets a job. Colton? Is the name of the element? Oh, uh, Sierra, Le- Sierra okay. Leone apparently is also uh, on the western coast of africa too as well so it's not just north Mm. it's like right where just below like where all the hurricane stuff kind of rolls off of okay kind of that section so they're to blame for that but they're big fans (laughs) yeah it's it's a couple conspiracy it's above the chinese and put big fans in and that's why we have stronger hurricanes above liberia a few countries below senegal according to the map but um that was kind of the end of the boat ride, though, right? They have the spam sandwiches, and then they end up in that weird laboratory, right? Yeah, the research station, which apparently is 250 buildings, 30 kilometers wide. They never really say what research they did there. Well, they also, he's like, didn't he say that essentially they were, they were like conspiracy theories that they did test on human beings, but he's like, really, they probably just fucked with plants? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, like trying to modify different plants or yeah, crops some sort of like agricultural. Yeah, it wasn't to like botanist horticulture. Yeah, kind of research, but lobotomize people or anything crazy like that. Hopefully, but like, I don't know, man. If you kill half the country's population, I know it's hard. It's hard to say that they didn't do something like that. They weren't. There's no evidence people. of it. So, yeah, that's probably. This is a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but here we go. That's probably why, like, they don't fund it. What do you mean? So the the guy has. Oh, they just pulled the funding. Gotcha. So it just all naturally kind of rots away, like, because you know they're trying to keep the humidity down and like the library where all those. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you just move all that, all those documents to somewhere else? Like, if you have any sort of government building that actually has like air circulation and stuff. And keeps the humidity out. Like, why wouldn't you move? A, like, if they're important documents, like, why wouldn't you move them? You bring up a good point. Maybe it's really hard to move stuff in the jungle. Like, how many planes would it take to move those documents? I think it's gonna be more of a boat situation. Yeah, I don't know. But so yeah, he kind of like talks to the researchers and stuff there, and this is like the halfway point, kind of on the river. Yeah, roughly. And like this is where they so like they get off the boat and then they wind up getting back into to vehicles and everything going back across. But um, yeah, I guess once like they got independence, that's when like all the funding went away, which makes sense depending on which way you want to look at it too. Uh, the staff, hundreds of researchers and engineers, I guess left in like the '60s. They went over to um, Rwanda. I guess they had better facilities there. So that's why it's too. It's like, why wouldn't you just move that stuff over to Rwanda if that's where all your researchers went? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of a nobody really knows kind of thing. And it's been, you know, 50 years since it all went down. So those people are long gone probably. 
except for like this one dude who writes letters for funding, just like the train yeah. guy did. The Andy Dufresne yeah. of uh, basically, yeah. yeah, just holding out hope. Um, and I were they retyping some of the documents? Was that what they're supposed to? Because like they show them kind of like on typewriters, and I couldn't figure out like what are you writing besides from your letter? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. And admit to the listeners, I might have kind of, even though I watched it a second time, <laughs> by the time we got to the end, like I wasn't necessarily as interested in like the weird research they were doing. It's kind of a letdown once yeah. you get there. A yeah, bit. as much as like it was just the journey to get there, you know, was yeah. more interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I remember, I don't know, they pulled something out of a drawer. There were papers. That's about all I've got for you. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's really not that much because like they wind up making it there, and I feel like there's like five minutes left in the actual episode, maybe even less. Because I think I paused it right then when they got there, and it was like at the 37 minute mark. Yeah, it would be five, but it was like 37:50, and then it's yeah, like, there's, there's only a few minutes. There's not much there, and then there's like a kind of the end scene is just shows them how they like kind of got out, and it's basically a series of. There's like makeshift bridges, like ferries, like you're basically it's half a bridge and you're like moving all the wood from behind the vehicle to the front of it. So you can like keep going and shit and like, yeah, ferries and barges that you're floating across like the river and all this weird stuff and different, you know, valleys and dropping off cliffs and stuff like that. So, um, and that's just kind of how like the episode ends. So it's, it's definitely like an episode definitely for Bourdain like it's something that he wanted to do but I think it's also like for CNN it's like because there is kind of a not necessarily like a political aspect but like the whole you know learning about Congo and kind of the first half was definitely advantageous I think to probably whoever kind of greenlit their travel and everything yeah depending on how they pitched it to him but it was definitely something that like he wanted to do for a really long time and finally got to do it and I think they probably did it aired it at the end of season one i'm guessing because like in case they thought they were gonna get canceled or, or or not picked up or whatever i don't know kind of the structure of the deal that he originally signed with cnn when he moved over there uh he doesn't really talk about that so on anything that i've ever seen even yeah. like the rogan podcast he didn't really just essentially that he had more control i think and more freedom yeah more access to do things yeah because like you said like uh one of the episodes that we did before it was like he probably like Myanmar, like he was like the, one of the first people in there and that's yeah. gotta be because of CNN and like the journalistic. Kind yeah. Of like travel channel had no interest in like those kind of risks or no doing that kind of show. No, like because as cool as it was going to the Congo, my favorite episode is Montreal. Okay. You know? And I was like thinking about that while I was watching this is like, so where would you put the Congo episode? It was cool. So I would, I don't even know where my rankings are at this I'm point. Them up. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Just give me a second. It's loaded. It wasn't the worst episode, but then again, I had to watch it twice. So is that really true? I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, that's. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, right? <laughs> it's your rationale. So your rankings, you have the Quebec episode number one. Uh, number two is Colombia. Number three is Koreatown. Four is Libya. Five is Peru. Six is Myanmar. And seven is Morocco. I think I put this one over Morocco. <laughs> okay. So it's Myanmar. How do you feel about it against Myanmar? 
here's the thing. And I just, there wasn't really any food in this, not, which is, not which much, is no. fine, which is fine. But it's also, I'm just more inclined to like those episodes. So although the genocide and the, like learning the history and all that, like, I think I, I can't put many, me and Mar at least had like interesting cuisine and there's like something there, Okay. you know? So no, but like, maybe it's not better. Maybe There's eighth no isn't. Preference. I know what I'm saying, but like maybe eighth isn't even that bad. Like it's still good. I can still like it. It could be eighth. So you eighth would be below Morocco. At least in Morocco, I get to learn how to make hash. Okay, so you want to put it eight? Is it eight or seven? <laughs> this is tough. I'm gonna put it eight, but you know, do it in pencil. Okay. Because I, I also feel like yours, it's gonna be way higher for you. Yeah, I yeah would, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Go ahead. So I tell I, me how important it is to watch this episode, to learn about Congo and the your inner struggle. Come on, let's go. No, I don't <laughs> have anything on any of that, but I would say it's just the reason I like the episode so much is because it's a place that you're probably never gonna go. Okay. Like I'm never gonna the only way that you probably because like what just going into the categories, like, would you go there? If I was, like, terminally ill, probably. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> Why? What? Right, explain your logic there. Like, right, you're, there's, you're there's, dying and you want to go to Congo? Fuck that. No. No, but, like, that logic is basically, like, you find out, you know, way down the road that, like, you know, it's 30 years or whatever that you have, like, cancer or whatever. And it's basically, you know, you're not going to be able to cure it or whatever. Yeah. Assuming that, like, you've been able to travel to a lot of places that you would want to go, like, it's kind of like a cool adventure. And then, like, if you wind up dying in the river, it's kind of like, well, I was going to die of cancer mm-hmm. anyway. So, like, who cares? Kind of thing. Okay. So, here's the thing, though. I mean, I'm planning to travel for the rest of my life. Like, it's, but there's no risk, like, at that point. Like, no, I get that. You know what but I mean? But it's like, it's not on my list of like places I want to go. Right. So why would you end up there even with, you know, butt cancer or whatever? My logic is that like I would have already gone to like a lot of those places. Like I would have gone to a lot of those places already. Right. So it's like But what's in Congo that like what what's it's just bringing a you there? Cool adventure, man. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I mean, you don't have to. No, like, but I'm saying like not- like that's not my kind of adventure, I guess. No, but I'm saying, like, if you've gone and, like, ate at all these different places that you wanted to eat at and, like, saw all these different countries that you wanted to see at, you know, obviously not North Korea because nobody's allowed there. But, yeah, you know, is it, like, a place where if you're looking at a map, right, you, like, had a whole bunch of stuff, like, already crossed off and, like, what's left? And you're, like, a lot of hypotheticals. yeah, it is a lot of hypotheticals, but, you know, this is a hypothetical situation, so it doesn't matter. I just feel like, and I, I'm just, this is going to. You know, this is a little pushback. Yeah, fine. But, but Ray, I feel like you're having to do a lot to get no. me to want to go to Congo. No, no, I'm just explaining. I'm, no, I'm just saying, just, just to lay out your case here. I'm not even I've already been everywhere else. I've got a terminal illness. <laughs> and That's what was the I, other one? And you've already eaten all the other good food. So you yeah. don't want to, you just want to go here to lay in the river. Like, hey, man, there's other rivers we could go down, you know? Yeah, there are. We could take a Viking river cruise. Wouldn't that be fun? No. I, don't, I know it wouldn't actually, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I guarantee it's more fun than Congo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, you need to camp more. If you think that's going to be cool, go camping, you know, and again, then do that. I, again, do I that. have cancer in this scenario, yeah. so I don't But care. I'm just saying, like, you, yeah, 
then like that just tells if you get to that point and you're dying and you want to go to Congo, I'm just going to look at you and go, hey, man, why didn't you fucking camp a few times? You'd get that out of your system. It's, you know, what's there? Like, I don't get what's there. It's just like the accomplishment of like going all the way down the river, man. Like nobody else does that anymore. I don't know. This is, I guess we're, we're just going to have to. Because like if I was going to go down the river, like I'm going the whole way. I'm not like stopping halfway. Like you bring in like enough supplies to make it all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. I just don't have the desire to do that. No, it's not on the top of my list by any means, but it's just, you know, in this scenario, like. This is a horrible <laughs> scenario yeah. where you're dying of a terminal illness. Oh, I've got to go one day, man. Yeah. But like, wouldn't you want to go down the Nile? Like, that's a cool river. A little history there. I feel like too many people have done that, though. I don't know. Plus, like, imagine, like, imagine, like, the story, like, if you, if you don't make it, right, and your boat, like, you know, sinks and it's, like... What are you, like, out for glory? No, but I mean, <laughs> like, what, you know, get, like, a weekend's worth of news on you about it, right? I guess. Yeah, so that what where did you rank it? We didn't even get to that because you um, laid out this ridiculous scenario. Like I kind of want to put it one. Oh my god, <laughs> absurd! See, I knew this was going to happen. I knew you were going to be so pissed off about where I ranked this. I knew you um, were going to do this though. That's what's even funnier is I knew you were going to be like, well, actually, because uh, at the end of the food news podcast uh, from the other day, I was like, yeah, we're going to have a big disagreement on where we ranked this. I can already tell you. So, what makes it number one for you? Just the fact that like it's a place that you're never gonna go. You've never seen anybody else do this. You're probably never gonna see anybody else do an episode on the Congo like yeah. this again either. Like it's, it's the whole second half of it is like this adventure episode. Like, is it was it was your favorite one to watch though? I thought I think it's pretty interesting. I don't know, because um, like yeah, like the food porn in like Quebec is great. Yeah, but it's just hey, we're going around. We're just gonna eat. Yeah, but it's like him and his friends. They're having a good time. Yeah, I know. And that's what I struggle with. Like, But this is him also like getting to do what he wants to do. So I get that. Yeah. Um, but I would also maybe understand you wanting to go there dying more if like, you always had a desire to do it. No, man. It's just kind of one of those things that you put on your bucket list when you actually needed to like have a bucket list kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. I guess I'm more attracted to the Amazon. The Amazon, I think you have a greater chance of dying in the Amazon River than you do on the... Probably. Because, like, aren't there parts of, like, the Amazon that people, like, haven't been to? I'm sure. I think. And then, like, there's some sort of pygmy tribes or something in there, too, that, like, you're not supposed to disturb. Yeah, I don't know. Right? I I don't know. Yeah. Um, Where am I? You can rank it one. That's, I mean, that was your gut. That's what your gut told you. I say go with it. And then, yeah, the, I mean, I, th- I think I'm going to rank it one. Yeah, the message board is really going to eat you alive. <laughs> Do we have a message board? Uh, yeah, you can write in on the mailbag contact page. There we go. On the okay. website. Everybody, send, send uh, your thoughts. And yeah, feedback. everybody tell Ray how stupid I just, I he is. Like, I just think the second half of like when they're on the boat, once they make it to like the boat, like that whole like 30 minutes is just, it's really. Yeah, I also think that Even the, though, like, the second half of this podcast was way cooler too. The first half just mirrors the episode and the fact that it's yeah. a lot of history. You should put like gets fun at minute thirty mark. 
So if they want to just skip through, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you don't want to learn about the oppressed people. Exactly. Congo, yeah, who's got time for that? Yeah. Let's Stop. shotgun some there's beers. So much, there's so much content out there in the world that uh, you can't spend 30 minutes learning something. No. God, no. Yeah. You got to rewatch uh, the 90 Day Fiance episode, right? Absolutely. And that's what I would do on my, if I was terminally ill. I would have a party for all the 90 day fiance people and I would invite them all. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you would be on the 90 day fiance show. Oh, like hooked up to like an IV the whole time. They're and just like dating some Colombian chick. That's just trying, <laughs> trying so hard for me to like get married before I die. Yeah. Is that way you can write her She's into the like, will? I, I love him. He's the base. And I'm like, yeah, it's really great. I've never felt this way about someone before. Do you think that's going to be like their fourth spinoff? It's going to be like 90 Day Fiance Terminally Ill? I think it would be great if that <laughs> happened. <laughs> Just guys with colostomy bags showing up and the chicks acting like they're into them. Well, also like what if the woman's like on the like she's some rich Oh, like, uh, I could really see that happening and then yeah. Descendant of some, you know, government official and has like all this money, like all this oil money or whatever and she's like about to kick the bucket. Yeah. And some dude goes down there to whatever country she's from. Fucking Venezuela. They yeah, have oil TLC, money. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, we deserve possible gold mine. Producer credits on this. Um, all right, so let's do the categories. You wouldn't go there. I would go there if I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Still, my favorite caveat: how to how to visit a place. God, can you imagine somebody said that about your house or like? Just visiting you. I mean, yeah. If I was dying, I'd go there. I mean, isn't that, that's like all your extended family usually, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. What? Would you leave me? Okay. So, what was the other one? What did we eat? Uh, Nothing cool. The only thing that I had for the food was uh, the limboke, which was tigerfish wrapped in a banana leaf and steamed. Yeah, that looked good. That was like when they were at the uh, the dinner they had with like the grilled chicken and the, what was the, what's the stuff that they it was like a paste that it was kind of their side and it looked like similar to, it was like a mix between like plantains and grits or something. Do you remember that? It was like a yellow. I, I don't, don't remember what it was, but yeah, I don't. I mean, they didn't when they were having that conversation in like that cafe or whatever. Like they weren't really they were eating, but it was more about here's all the reasons why nobody ever gets to come here because yeah. you'll probably get killed if you get captured kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing learned for me, it was just like the, the Belgian king basically became the king of Congo and then like enslaved all the people for years and took all the ivory and the rubber and stuff. Like I didn't know any of that before. Yeah. That's it. like, that doesn't make it into the history world history class here in America. No, it doesn't at all. Um, most rewatchable scene, I think it's like just the le- like twenty of the twenty or twenty five of the last like thirty minutes. Just whenever they're on the river, like yeah, just you can pop in. Um, best quote I had just like when he's talking to the the one guy and he's like, you know, when Bourdain's talking to him about like Stanley coming through and is like, do you ever think about? if uh, the king wouldn't have let Stanley pass, like wouldn't have let him explore the country and find the route all the way to the Atlantic. And he's just like, somebody else would have come. Like it was, it was just yeah. a matter of time before some Western civilization came, found what we had and like exploited it. Like is, you know, almost like manifest destiny kind of thing. 
Um, and I think yours was probably, uh, you had it earlier. I'm trying to remember what the fuck it was. I don't know. There was also a quote. I think it was from that book, but it was kind of when things were just going really bad on the boat the next morning, he's like tying his boot. I can't, I almost want to pause it and find it, but it's, uh, something about basically dealing with the nightmare of his own design. So like oh, he got himself, yeah. he got himself into the situation. So he had never really yourself. understood what that meant. Yeah. But it was like, just, he's like, I asked for this. Like I wanted to come to Congo. So yeah, like I'm exhausted. I stayed up all night cooking chicken and now we're making spam sandwiches. But like, this is the deal. Yeah. This, this is what the, you want to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we like, not that there was a guest host, but like I'd travel with that Dan guy. He'd probably be super interesting. Yeah. Plus he drinks a little bit sometimes in the morning. That guy's going to be fun. He's going to have like stories. Yeah. He's a wild card. Yeah. So that'd be, I'd want someone else with me and him. Yeah. Just because I don't want him having a night terror and then pulling a knife on me or something. Well, you also don't want like if you're traveling with him and it's like a place you've never been and he's been there before, like him taking you all this kind of like on like sketchy shit. You're like, you need somebody to almost be like, "Eh, I don't think that's a great idea that we go there. You need a buffer guy. Yeah. yeah. You need a buffer between. Yeah. You can't be just you and him. Somebody that can. Because he's going to. Yeah. He's going to lead the way. He's too strong a personality. And you don't know any better. Yeah. That's um, how you end up dead. And that's, uh, that's about it. Um, anything else you got on the Congo? No, I, I still think that you're wrong. <laughs> I don't think it's the best episode. And I, I don't want to go there even if I have cancer. Okay. Well, I mean, some of us are adventurous people. Some aren't. <sighs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like if I'm dying, I'm not going to want to. That's not the kind of trip I'm going to want. Yeah. I mean, it's a very specific scenario I have to get to the Congo. So it's probably never going to happen. And that's okay. So uh, I'm trying to find the guy's name. Dan McCabe. Yep. Dan McCabe is the guy's name. There we go. Well, no, I'm trying to find out like if that uh, documentary ever, uh, he did come out with it. It's called This is Congo. Came out in 2017. That's insane because they filmed this episode in 2013. So it took him four years still from that point to get that documentary out. We should watch and it. And he was already he was already rec- doing that documentary for like two years, they said, when they met up with him. Yeah. They said he spent the last two years like working on this documentary. Yeah. We're going to check that out. I think. I think we should watch it trailer, if we can even get it. Trailer on YouTube. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we know the name. We can look around. It's called This Is Congo. It won for Best Film Editing at the Global Cinema Film Festival. Ah. The GCF, too. It's on YouTube? Or Voodoo? Oh, Voodoo's, yeah, one of those uh, just offshoot ones. They got good 4K content. Anyways, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to Episode 8. Um Ray's yeah, that's wrong. it for uh, that's it for season one. Uh, people are allowed to have their own opinions. Just remember that. <laughs> Don't always have to be groupthink. Yeah, that's what Don't we're bringing to, back civil discourse to. The you United can be in the States middle. Don't have to be all the way to the right or the left, blue, red, whatever. There we go. Um, <laughs> but that's it for season one. Appreciate everybody listening. Um, we'll do a kind of season one wrap up, season two preview, and then we'll get into season two. Um, Check out Instagram. Check out the website with the updated rankings, too, as well. Um, 
follow along season two. I think I know the first episode is Jerusalem of season two. I don't remember what else is on there, so we'll cover that in kind of the preview pod. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, that's kind of it. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks.